Praise God. How many is glad you're alive this morning? How many is thankful you're born again? <laughs> Glory to God. How many thankful that God is alive? Glory to God and is faithful and great and good and uh, that we have uh, uh, great confidence in uh, all of his faithfulness for everything future and present. And so uh, we want to uh, uh, grow in the knowledge of God's Word this morning, have our faith built up and develop and mature spiritually through the Word of God. You know, First Peter said, desire, be hungry for the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. And so, uh, you know, if you're not growing, you're not changing. And uh, God's will and desire is for us to develop spiritually, mature, and to grow uh, so that we uh, become increasingly more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, one of the most challenging verses of Scripture uh, to me is 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, uh, if you say you abide in Him or live in Him, uh, you ought also to walk even as He walked. So the Bible says that we are to walk, to behave, to live uh, like Christ Jesus did. And uh, of course, that's a high you know, standard and bar, but uh, it's doable and obtainable. Uh, progressively for us to become increasingly transformed to Christ-likeness, both in ministerial uh, works and uh, personal uh, character. And so uh, I believe that we can make progress that direction today and uh, that we shouldn't lose the potential of this time that we're meeting together this morning. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to stir yourself up a little bit. <clears throat> Because your flesh, you know, wants to uh, regress into complacency, uh, apathy, and uh, just, you know, uh, it's, your flesh will be lazy. It don't want to get out of bed and go to church. <laughs> right? But you got out of bed and came this morning. <laughs> right? You might as well go ahead and just get, you know, something significant today. And, uh, you know, Paul told Timothy, he said, uh, he said, stir up the gift that is in you. And, uh, you know, the Bible uses expressions like put on the garment of praise. Sometimes people say, well, I just feel rotten. If I praise God, I'd just be putting on. That's what the Bible said, to put on the garment of praise. <laughs> I said, well, I'd just be put on if I acted like I was walking in love because I don't feel like I love so-and-so. Well, that's what the Bible says, put on the new man. And the least feelings you have, the more faith you're operating in. <laughs> and so faith pleases God. So, uh, you know, if all your chocolate has uh, got to the bottom of your glass this morning, <laughs> then uh, put spoon in there. And uh, let's get it stirred up, and uh, let's get you real chocolatey this morning, okay? <laughs> All right? So uh, you ready to, to hook up and believe God with us and grow in the knowledge of spiritual things this morning and have some life changes? Then uh, that can uh, happen. And so, you know, we're not here on the earth long. The Bible says our life is like a vapor, 
And, uh, and it's like, uh, the Bible says, like the flower that blooms and then is fades. Well, of course, eternally, we're created in God's image and God's likeness, and we're eternal beings. So, uh, you know, we have all the, the future of God's glory for eternity before us. But as far as our earthly uh, life here on, on, uh, on, you know, just our days here on the earth, the psalmist uh, prayed, he said, Lord, teach us to number our days that we might apply ourselves to wisdom. Right? Teach us to number our days. And uh, so many people, uh, you know, are just uh, dull in, in wisdom. Uh, wisdom, you know, I had some real good revelation over this past year or two about wisdom. And wisdom is uh, insight, foresight, and the ability to see things from God's perspective or the true nature of things. I mean, he knows that uh, I can walk out on the front porch of the church and I can look down 13th Street and I see that with uh, one, uh, well, I see a perspective, right? But, you know, I fly and, and uh, I've flown over this building before. And uh, looking down on the building is a whole different perspective from just being out on the street and seeing the street view, Right? And in all of life can be like that. You know, our perspective is very limited as just as is created human beings. But the wisdom of God allows us to penetrate and to access eternal perspective. And you don't see life uh, just from a natural uh, viewpoint, but you see your life, others' lives, uh, in, you know, in uh, congruency or in uh, connection with God's plan and purpose that's eternal. Uh, you see uh, the true nature of, you know, I mean, man is not just a body and mind. Man is an eternal spirit being. You don't see physical death as being... Uh, you're dead like a dog and it's over because uh, it's not over. The Bible said to be absent from the body is to be... You see everything different when you start seeing it from God's perspective with a renewed mind and it takes the wisdom of God to renew our mind. The Bible says be renewed in the attitude or the spirit of your mind. And so uh, we can come into greater and greater and greater agreement with God and walk more uh, in more polarity, alignment, uh, harmony, unity with the Lord uh, the more that we renew our mind through the Word of God and by yielding to the Spirit of God so that we see things the way God sees things. Can you say amen? And uh, that actually saves us from the destructiveness of, uh, you know, uh, just human perspective. Because human perspective and, uh, you know, without God's wisdom, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And of course, fear, we don't mean running from in terror, you know, like you would be afraid of a tornado or something. Uh, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, respecting or honoring Him. And the more you honor God, 
the more you respect God and the more reverence God, the more capacity you have to be taught uh, and be instructed by the Spirit of the Lord. If you want to increase your uh, uh, wisdom to be able to see like God sees and to know things from God's viewpoint, the fear of the Lord is a huge key. Just to honor Him uh, opens the door for, uh, for Him to reverence is a big key. Respect is a big key for God to work in a greater way in our life. And uh, this would be, uh, you know, revealed in our daily attitude toward God's Word. How much we value or esteem the Word of God. Uh, how we relate to and value and esteem the Spirit's uh, uh, association, fellowship, input, leadership, direction in our life. And, uh, uh, you know, to gain wisdom from God is to gain insight, be able to see things the way they really are. And it also is not only insight, it's foresight. Uh, wisdom would allow you to make, with foresight, allows you to make decisions now that will get results in the future. Right? You know, the Bible says about Noah that he was moved or motivated by godly fear. Uh, by faith, he prepared an ark and that his, his self and his whole house was saved, right? He had godly fear, uh, you know, and, and, you know, in studying Proverbs, there's uh, three things that came out to me as characteristics of a fool. A fool is unaware, unresponsive, and unprepared. Say that with me, unaware, unresponsive, and unprepared. Uh, you know, the proverb says that a fool is always saying like things like, I didn't expect that. <laughs> that snuck up on me. I just, you know, I didn't think that I would ever be, you know, in that position. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, the opposite of that would be a wise person <clears throat> will be aware <clears throat> Right? Of how brief life is. How long eternity is. Can you say amen? Noah was aware that a flood was coming. All these other guys were unaware. They were fools. Noah was wise. And this same, uh, you know, uh, you want to call it a paradigm or principle, comes over to the New Testament. Uh, you see a lot about foolishness and wisdom in the book of James, and you also see it in the parables of Christ. He talks about, for example, a man that was wise built his house on a word of God foundation. He was aware of what needed to be what kind of foundation, and he responded by building on the right thing, and then he was prepared when the storm came. The other guy that didn't build on the Word of God, he was unaware of how weak uh, a foundation not on the Word of God was. Then uh, he didn't respond by building on the right thing, and then he was unprepared when the storm came. Right? And the storms of life come to all of us, and it's good to be prepared.
you know, when they come. And ultimately, it's good to be prepared for life after this life. And uh, that's one reason we're here today. But uh, being situationally aware, you know, I mean, how many knows if you drive, you need to be situationally aware of other drivers around you? Is that important? They call it defensive driving, right? Uh, if you're flying, you need to be situationally aware of where other aircraft are, right? And, uh, you know, we need to be situationally, spiritually aware of, you know, how life is, is transcending and how that we're to engage and to live this life uh, you know, and of course, another definition of wisdom is not only insight, but foresight to prepare and get ready. Uh, but it's also uh, wisdom is skill. And uh, it's skill in how to live so that we please God. So when you get the wisdom of God... It gives you the skill to know how to live so that God is pleased or approves of your life. And Hemi knows that uh, the Bible says, uh, you know, in Proverbs, uh, if you seek after and desire and hunger for wisdom, then God will give you wisdom. And it even says in James, talking about wisdom, if any person, any man, female or male, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives generously or liberally to all. And even if you've been dumb and foolish before, he don't upbraid you for it. And it'll be given him. And so, uh, you know, we should be people that have a high, uh, uh, you know, development of wisdom in our life because we've got the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of wisdom. And, uh, oh, the wisdom that's in here. Paul told Timothy, he said, from a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to do what? Make you wise unto salvation. And then, even with Christ dwelling within us, the Bible says, uh, you know, of God are you in Christ Jesus who has made unto you wisdom. So I've got Christ in me that's made the, the wisdom. How many are thankful for the wisdom of God revealed to you in the revelation of redemption? Glory to God. That, you know, Paul talked about in regard to that, being taught that wisdom of the revelation that causes us to accept Christ as our redemption and His work, uh, Him as our Savior and His work as our redemption. He said, uh, we're taught that by the Holy Spirit. And he said, the world can't receive that wisdom. They think it's foolishness. But he said, uh, you know, the natural man receives it not, but the spiritual man receives it. And he said, in concluding that, he said, we have the mind of Christ. Can you say amen? Say that with me. I have the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ. I'm taught of, of the spirit of wisdom. I have insight foresight and see things as God sees things 
and I have skill given unto me through God's Word and by His Spirit so that I live in harmony with God's plan and purpose and I please Him and am well-pleasing to Him. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, it's good not to be foolish, but to be wise. And the Bible talks about, of course, another parable with the Lord Jesus. He talked about, uh, uh, you know, the foolish virgins and the wise virgins. And uh, foolish virgins, uh, you know, that went to the wedding, they took their lamps, but they didn't uh, continue, they didn't take with them oil enough to sustain their light, right? Uh, they got uh, their fuel, their, their fire went out, right? And uh, then, uh, you know, there was five wise that they not only had their lamps, but they took extra oil. <clears throat> and they kept their lamps burning, and, uh, and it was bright, to, uh, uh, you know, darkness didn't overcome them. Uh, they walked in the light, and, uh, and the light, uh, you know, kept them, you know, in the right path so that they were able to, uh, you know, be ready. Can you say amen? God wants us to be wise. Can you say amen? He wants to, us to see things as He sees things. And so, uh, again, that's just kind of a, uh, you know, a, a thought before our thought this morning. But, uh, you know, God wants us to have wisdom and, uh, and to live with insight, foresight, and to have um, the skill to please Him. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that wisdom. And so, you know, I'm big on honor and big on reverence, and big on respect. Can you say amen? And so you have to continually push against, you know, casualness and, uh, and uh, dullness and darkness because the whole world lays and lies in that attitude toward the things of God. But uh, we're, we stay sharp. Amen? We stay sharp with spiritual things. We give place to them. Can you say amen? And we esteem and value them. And, uh, you know, we don't have to be lagging all the time. We can uh, be in sync with the Lord in our life. We can be hearing and, and growing and developing and the things that the Lord gives us, I'm finding out this more and more, uh, that the Holy Spirit is really, 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 really smart. I think it was Mark Hankins' dad, B.B. Hankins, says if, if you learn to let, be led by the Holy Spirit, He'll make you look like a genius. And He knows how uh, to communicate the things we need for each season in our life, so that they build. You know, if I go to the meetings that I'm supposed to be at, and I'm in the church where I'm supposed to be hearing what the Lord is ministering, 
And in my personal daily life, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit to do this or do that. All the time, He is, the more I can yield to Him, He's smart. He gets me ready for things that are in the future. He choreographs. Uh, how many knows if He can choreograph the universe and the laws of gravity so that the planets are not uh, bumping into one another? <laughs> Are you still here? And that all there's divine order in all the universe. The seasons happen at the right time and the sun is just in its perfect orbit and we're in our perfect orbit. And, and uh, you know, if he can coordinate all those things and he can coordinate our lives if we learn to be led by him so that he prepares us uh, stage by stage, step by step, so that we are ready and prepared to be, uh, you know, used uh, the way the Lord wants to use us and to do and have what the Lord wants us to have in this life and walk out His plan and purpose. So, uh, you know, that's kind of an introduction or a lead-in. I have been uh, very interested recently, and the Lord has been uh, dealing with me on uh, my personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I've understood and been aware and conscious of some things <clears throat> in a greater reality and a greater consciousness and awareness of them than I have before. So I want to share with us a little bit this morning along those lines. And uh, I believe that wisdom is going to come into us and that we're going to have a better understanding of how to work with the one that's here to help us uh, to go into God's fullness and God's perfect, perfect will for our life. Amen? And he knows that, that God already knows uh, anything that we need to know. He already has the answer to anything that we're dealing with in our life. Right? He already knows step by step how to uh, get you to where you need to be uh, spiritually, financially, relationally, mentally free, uh, everything. He knows exactly how to get us uh, where we're walking in the freedom and the fullness of God's uh, will for our life. And so uh, it just becomes a matter of uh, us getting in a position to relate to Him, to hear Him. And if we hear Him, how many knows the answer to a thousand and one questions is... Follow the leading of the Spirit of God. But if there's a breakdown in communication then between us and the Holy Spirit, uh, then uh, He can't communicate to us like He wants to. I mean, how many of you have ever uh, had problem with receptivity uh, with your cell phone before? <clears throat> you know, your bars were all the way down to one, and then it says no service because you were too far from the tower? <laughs> well, if you get too far from the Holy Spirit, or too far from the Lord, right, then you're going to have bad cell service, and you're not going to be able to have good receptivity, and uh, you're going to not have a good connection. But uh, we can do things to increase that sensitivity and connectivity with the Holy Spirit and learn how to relate to Him in a greater degree. So, uh, I mean, we get, uh, you know, five bars 
and real clear, you know, connection and communication. <laughs> How many thinks that would be a good idea in your life to be, uh, you know, hearing strong, uh, you know, and clear instead of weak and broken, faint, you know. Amen. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we asked you for the anointing this morning. We asked you for revelation today, truth that sets us free. Uh, we pray, Father God, for the simplicity of your word uh, to be uh, enlightened in our heart. Give us ears to hear. We purpose, Father, not to discount things that the Spirit of God would say to us, but to count them, esteem them important, and to be doers and, and, and walk in the light of them. And uh, we thank you, Father, for helping us uh, to, uh, to fulfill uh, your plan, your will, and purpose for our life. And we give you the glory and honor and praise for utterance and capacity to hear today. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Uh, praise God. Let's look in the Word of God. Uh, I, I want to emphasize again the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the New Testament believer. Uh, you know, we said this, and these things are worthy of repeating. Jesus emphasized two things uh, right before he departed. And uh, they were, if you read like John uh, 12 through uh, John, you know, 17, those five chapters at the end of John, you'll find over and over Jesus uh, talking about... Um, Walking in the new commandment of love. Amen. And Jesus talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit to take his place and in what the Holy Spirit was going to be and do in our lives. Right? And so, you know, like we said before, somebody said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> and two of the big, you know, if I had to say three main things that we really need to be established in strong is walking in love, walking in faith, and knowing how to relate to and be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. And if you can achieve walking in love, and you can achieve walking by faith, and you can achieve being led by the Spirit of God, then you are going to be a successful, victorious, uh, you know, Christian that uh, fulfills God's plan and purpose for your life. Now, I am so thankful for the ministries that the Lord has hooked me up with. Uh, you know, the Lord, I was just a, a kid on a farm in East Texas. And, uh, you know, uh, went, got an engineering degree and at a you know at the University of Texas and and went to start to work in uh, you know for a corporation worked for a couple of years but uh, the Holy Spirit began to lead me uh, into his plan and purpose for my life I've often described it between the two words uh, uh, decide and discover I decided I was going to be an engineer <laughs> <laughs> and I thank God for it. It was good experience for me. But then I began to discover 
<laughs> that before my parents knew me or anybody knew me, that God had a plan for me that was not just encapsulized in being an engineer, but he was calling me to be a part of his kingdom and do a work in the kingdom. So uh, I began to, uh, uh, to follow that voice and that directive and discover what God had called me to do. And so that led me down a whole different path. You know, somebody said uh, decisions determine direction and direction determines destiny. Right? The decisions we make determine the direction we go. I know if you're at the fork of a road and one of it goes to Oklahoma and one of it goes to, you know, Louisiana, I mean, the, the decision you make determines the direction you go and the direction you go determines the destiny you're going to arrive at. And so, uh, uh, you know, when I stand before the Lord, I want to, uh, you know, give an account of my life that I followed his uh, direction for my life and his plan and purpose for my life. Only way to fulfill that is to be uh, in good relation with and learn to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? I mean, you know, the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 8, it says, for many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the word sons there is not uh, babes or little ones, children in that sense. It's, uh, it's the word for maturing or more developed or maturing ones. Right? So the work of the Holy Spirit in our life is, first of all, uh, we believe the good news of the gospel uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ and His grace that He died in our place, paid the penalty for our sins, and that by grace we're saved through our trust or faith in Him, and that we're made righteous not through our works, but we're made righteous through His works. And when we believe that, the Holy Spirit recreates us and makes us a new creation in Christ Jesus. Right? A new spiritual nature is given to us. We're born of the Spirit. But the work of the Spirit doesn't stop with us being born of the Spirit. That work that He brought us into is just the initiation into a process whereby we're sanctified by the Spirit, we're conformed to the image of Christ, we're led by the Spirit, we're instructed of the Spirit, taught of the Spirit, guided by Him into the fullness of God's plan, will, and purpose for our life. And so, uh, uh, you know, we're born of the Spirit, but then we need, if we're going to be maturing ones, and we're going to go on into God's plan and purpose for our life, it's essential and vital and necessary for us to learn to be able to work with and relate to the Holy Spirit's, uh, uh, you know, uh, interaction or transactions in our life. Can you say amen? Uh, you know, somebody said that the Holy Spirit is the most ignored person in the church. 
right? And, you know, that can be corporately or that can be individually. This past week, how aware or how sensitive to or how conscious were you of the Holy Spirit throughout uh, your waking hours? Uh, you know, uh, Hemi knows that, like we said, that awareness is where uh, consciousness is where things start because you're not going to look to... But, well, let us say it this way. The Holy Spirit helps some people more than He does others. Not because he, is fa he has favorites, but because some people look to Him, depend on Him, and acknowledge Him in their life. How many knows if you don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, He's a gentleman, He's not going to barge in and interrupt and, uh, and try to just, you know, take over and take control in your life. Right? He has to be looked to invited, trusted, depended on it, acknowledged. And the more you acknowledge Him, the more help that He can give you. And I believe it's worthy of saying that He, you know, uh, that the Holy Spirit not only will help us in spiritual things, but will help us in natural things as well. Uh, he knows uh, about mechanics and organization and uh, you know, you know he uh, he can help. You know, in the Bible there was a people that was anointed uh, not only to preach, pray, and prophesy, but the Bible says Joseph was anointed to be an administrator, to plan and use wisdom to, uh, you know, uh, set up a uh, you know system of 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 you know of. Uh, uh, whatever you want to say, to preparation for a, a famine that was coming. How many knows that the Holy Spirit knows the future? You know, God knows our future better than we know our past. And if He knows our future, and you don't know your future, then you're dumb not to get to know Him and get His help. <laughs> Can you say amen? You know, I'm, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit led me to, to just, I'm just using this for an illustration. Uh, the Holy Spirit led me to, uh, to spend time in His Word, uh, you know, feeding on uh, uh, that it was God's will to heal. Amen? And I didn't particularly need healing at that time. But the Holy Spirit was preparing me for any place that I would need healing in the future. Right? Uh, how many knows you don't need to learn to swim when you're drowning? <laughs> right? You need to go ahead and learn now. So if you do fall overboard, this goes back to the wisdom that we're talking about and the Holy Spirit being the spirit of wisdom. Right? Well, I just fed on the Word of God and built my faith up in that area because He led me to do that. Right? Well, you know, I wasn't, uh, three weeks ago, I wasn't expecting it, but, you know, on a Sunday afternoon three weeks ago, uh, the retina in my left eye detached and came off the back of my eye. And I lost the vision in my left eye. 
or the majority of it, over 50% of it. Well, you know, uh, I wasn't aware that I'd, you know, done anything, you know, that disappointed the Lord or anything. Just physical attack. I mean, know we live in a world that's, you know, that you have challenges in physical attack. I'm so thankful that I already had a in, uh, you know, a knowledge and a store of uh, God's word. You know, I am the Lord that healed thee. He sent his word and healed them. He forgives all of our iniquities and heal all our diseases. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses by whose stripes we were healed. All these accounts of the Gospels in the New Testament where Jesus healed people, never once, Jesus was the will of God in action, and never once did Jesus tell someone it wasn't God's will for them to be healed. So instead of being disappointed or discouraged, I was like, okay, God will help me with this, and I can exercise faith. Right? Because faith had come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, I got in faith about that and asked the Lord to help me with that. Amen. And, uh, you know, I wasn't wondering if it was God's will to heal me. Amen. I knew it was God's will. He said, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So I was able to be in a good position of already receiving the wisdom of God to have my faith developed in that area. And then, thank God, I could stand on God's Word and the faithfulness of God's promise. Well, I went back this week, praise the Lord, my left eye, I can see 20-20 out of it, and the retina has reattached. And uh, I'm thanking God for that. <laughs> But I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord already had, you know, had led me into preparation, you know, so that, that, that I didn't get caught, you know, with my pants down. Can you say, man? And that He had helped me and prepared me for that. Can you say, man? Uh, say it with me. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, if we can learn to be sensitive and relate to Him more uh, in, a, in a more, uh, you know, uh, submitted way, then uh, we can greatly benefit. Amen. Praise God. And so uh, we'll read a couple of scriptures. Go with me with First Peter chapter 5. Say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Well, if you need help in any area of your life, this is the way to get it. Uh... Let me say a couple of things. Uh, I got lots of notes today, as usual. <laughs> um, this is food for thought. The Holy Spirit is now the personal representative 
of the Godhead on earth. The Father is in heaven. Jesus, in his personal presence, is in heaven at the Father's right hand. But the Holy Spirit is here on earth. And as long as this present dispensation continues, the Holy Spirit is the resident, personal representative of the Godhead on earth. Say that with me. The resident, personal representative of the Godhead on earth today is the Holy Spirit. So if He's here, and He's the one that lives within us, then our awareness and consciousness of His presence and our understanding of Him personally puts us at a much greater advantage to have His work and His leading and His help in our life. I mean, just talking about the Holy Spirit this morning, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And this is factual truth that He does live inside you if you're born again. Amen? And you have access to Him. Right? But if we're ignorant of Him, uh, you know, how many knows Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he says concerning spiritual things, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. These were born again, spirit-filled Christians, and he said, you, you're, you lack understanding in things about the Spirit. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Right? Well, first of all, we don't have to be ignorant about spiritual things. I heard Brother Hagin say one time, he said, you know, some people wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if he came down the street with a red hat on. <laughs> well, hopefully that's not us. Can you say, man, uh, that we can, uh, we can be conscious and aware of Him and have a greater uh, working relationship and fellowship with Him in our life? Amen. Um, so the Holy Spirit is the uh, personal represented, uh, res uh, residential personal representative of the Godhead uh, on earth. So we need to be uh, we need to be highly developed in being aware of him and giving him his place. Amen. First uh, Peter chapter five and verse six says, uh, humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God. Now, if you go back to the Old Testament, the hand of the Lord was uh, the, the prophets, it would say the hand of the Lord came upon them. But it was the anointing of the Spirit of God that came upon them. So the hand of the Lord is the, the power of God, is the person of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says, have a humble attitude. And what does humble mean? It means to uh, defer to, right? Or yield to, right? Uh, and to give place to. And that place, he said, is under. 
Now, I know, you know, this is really important in understanding the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an impersonal uh, force or emanation or influence. Sometimes people talk about the Holy Spirit as it. I got it. Well, uh, you know, I think if you came in the room and we said, well, there it is, you, you would not be as pleased if we said there is he or she. Can you say amen? And so, um, <clears throat> listen, uh, just hold your place there and you can listen to John 16 uh, as far as knowing that the Holy Spirit is uh, a person. Uh, you know, when we think about person, a lot of times we think about uh, corporeality, which means body parts, feet, hands, legs, you know, we think about body, corporeality, uh, when we think about a person. But really, if you look at the definition of what a person is, a person is, is somebody that has a mind, right? That has will, right? That has emotions, that has the attributes and characteristics and does what a person would do or is, has traits attributed to them that a person would have attributed to them. Right? For the example, the Bible talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit. How many knows you can't grieve a waterfall or electricity? Right? Uh, it talks about not quenching the Holy Spirit or... Uh, extinguishing his movement or his leadings in our life, right? It talks about, uh, you know, uh, them doing despite unto the Spirit of grace. Jesus talked about, you know, uh, in one place in Matthew 12, Jesus talked about, he said, uh, you know, if you blaspheme me, uh, the Son of Man, it, it'll be forgiven you. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it'll not be forgiven you. Well, if he's not a person, uh, would it be a greater risk of blaspheming the Lord Jesus Christ himself than the Holy Spirit is as a person? Right? I mean, it, you, you could, if he was an impersonal force like, you know, uh, just an influence or just, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, like I said, impersonal force, uh, would it be a greater risk of blaspheming him or the Lord? Well, he, Jesus said, you know, that blasphemy against me will be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So that says to me right there uh, that, you know, the Holy Spirit is just as much a person as, uh, as the Lord Jesus Christ is. And then all these scriptures about uh, the Trinity, you know, uh, baptize them in the name of the Father. Is he a person? And the Son. Is he a person? And the Holy Spirit. Is he a person? <clears throat> I'd be like saying, you know, which one of these is different? Steve, David, and electricity. Uh, went to the mall. Hopefully you could pick out the one out of the three that's not a person. 
Well, it'd be the same way with him listing all the Trinity. Two of them wouldn't be persons, and then the Holy Spirit would not be a person. Can you say amen? So we have the person of the Holy Spirit living within us, and we can get to know him personally, intimately, and uh, have uh, uh, communion and fellowship and his uh, input or his direction or his influence in our life as a person to a greater degree when we acknowledge and we recognize him and yield to and defer to him more. Can you say amen? So the Bible says, what are we supposed to do? It says to humble ourselves, or that is to defer to or acknowledge him, right? Under the mighty hand. How many knows that he's, uh, you know, he's meek and gentle, but he's also mighty. He was the one that hovered over the face of the waters in the chaotic beginning and at God's word, when God said, let there be, he was the creative force that brought into being all creation. Are y'all getting anything out of this this morning? Are y'all just thinking? Are y'all just extra quiet today? Or Both. <laughs> so he said, uh, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God uh, that he may exalt you in due time. Um, the Lord uh, kept, and I've said this before and I'm going to keep saying, the Lord kept uh, his, his just communicated to me, give the greater one greater place. Say that with me. Give the greater one greater place. Now, if you don't give it to him, he won't take it. The whole, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He didn't say, behold, I'm going to knock the door down, and if it's my will, I'm coming in whether you want me to come in or not, and I'm going to save you, and I'm going to rearrange your life, and I'm going to straighten you out. Uh, the Lord doesn't work that way. <laughs> he, you know, whosoever will, let him come. The Lord has given us free will moral agency, uh, is created in His image and likeness, and we can choose to obey the Lord or choose not to obey the Lord. And He will respect our choice even to the point of eternal damnation and going uh, you know, away from Him into uh, hell and eternal loss, right? And so the Lord won't invade your space. Can you say amen? and uh, take over without your consent. Right? We have to humble ourselves. That is, acknowledge or give Him a greater place. Right? And so, you know, you know, John said, I must, what? Decrease, but He must increase. And those two things work in proportion to one another. The, the, the greater control I have of my life, the less control he has of it. And the greater control he has of it, the, le <laughs> the less uh, control I have of it. Not that I don't have control. I have control, but I have given, humbled myself, 
and submitted to his control. Now, submission is not a, a big word that people want to hear today, but I'm big on it because Jesus was big on it. And Jesus was submitted to the Father's will for his life. And it's not a loss of freedom to be submitted. It's greater freedom gained. And there is protection in submission. <clears throat> Can you say amen? It, it's a covering or it's a protectiveness. It's like a uh, safety net. <clears throat> I mean, those if you're walking trapeze, which I've never done, <laughs> or tightrope walking, you want a safety net underneath you. Can you say amen? Uh, if you make a mistake or if you slip, you want a safety net. And uh, submission to the Lord provides a safety net. Humility is a protection against deception. Pride... Uh, it's what makes the devil the devil and cause the devil. You know, the Bible says pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. You get in pride, it opens the door to destruction. You get in haughtiness, uh, you know, it, it goes before not uh, exaltation. See, it says he wants to exalt us here, Right? But it's in His way and His time, not in a selfish promotion or a selfish ambition that I put myself forward. It's a putting forward when my character uh, is equal to uh, anything that the Lord uses me in, that I have full recognition and understanding that it was Him doing it and I don't take personal glory for it because that would open me up to the destruction. You know, the Bible even said in with ministers being qualified, it said don't put a novice in an office, right? Lest he being lifted up with pride falls into the same condemnation of the devil. Right? If, if you get in a place where uh, you know you're not ready for it as far as personal character. I mean, those anointing can take you places, but only character can keep you there. And uh, we, our, your flesh don't like character development. <laughs> Woo, I feel the Spirit moving. <laughs> right? Y'all going to give me about five or ten more minutes to talk about this? Your flesh don't like patience. Your flesh don't like long-suffering. Your flesh don't like to be gentle. Right? Your flesh don't like self-control. To be under self-control. You do understand these are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit working in our life. Right? And the more we hunger for this and desire this, then the more close, intimate working relationship we're going to have with the Holy Spirit. The Bible said, God gives grace to the next verse here. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time. And for it says, and God gives grace to the humble. Right? 
the Holy Spirit will, will, will come on you stronger if you have an element of humility about your spirit. He, he, and he, the Bible says he's resist the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you've got it all figured out in your own wisdom, you will not acknowledge him. Right? Because you don't need him. Because you are an independent little sheep <laughs> that doesn't need a shepherd. <laughs> right? But when you have a pack of wolves looking down your, your nose and you're on the edge of a preface about to fall over 100 feet, you know, you sh if, you, if we were humble, we would have been listening so that we didn't get in that place. Now, we've all done our own going astray, right? But it wasn't because the Spirit led us astray. It was because we personally rebelled or were defiant or we were unattentive or we ignored or we didn't think highly of what the Spirit of God was trying to do or say in our lives. Is any of this making any sense? Say, give the greater one greater place. And so this attitude of deferring to Him or yielding to Him, it says, humble yourselves under the what? The mighty hand of God. Now, this is what came to me, and I believe, you know, the Holy Spirit brought it to me to help me personally. Uh, you know, a, a place where I remembered the hands was the potter with the clay. You know, the Lord likened in the book of Jeremiah, he told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house and to watch the potter. And then, uh, you know, the potter took a lump of clay and put it on the wheel and spun the wheel and then used his hands to shape that into a vessel that was desirable Right? And you know, the Lord talks about in Second Timothy, He talked about Timothy, He said, if you'll remove yourselves from these things, He said, then I'll make you a vessel of honor. Remember the, the passage? He said, in a great house, there's vessels to honor and vessels of dishonor. Some are used for ignoble purposes. Right? Some are used for the bedpan. Right? Others are the special china when company comes over. Some are gold and silver. Some are rusted and, you know. You know, if, if you came over at my house and I used a rusty pet pan to feed you in, you, you would not be feeling as hospitable. <laughs> Y'all come on help me preach this morning, Right? Right? And so the Holy Spirit has feelings about how He can use us. And we can't, you know, live most of the week yielding to the flesh. And, you, boy, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm talking to all of us, myself included. We, we, can't, you, you, we can't let the devil use us half the week. Scream and quarrel with one another. Ooh, you're preaching good, Brother Tim. <laughs> right? 
How many knows it says in Proverbs 13 that only by pride comes contention? How do fights happen? Because of our personal will, you know, to be right. Right? I mean, it's better to go to bed happy than it is to go to bed right. (laughs) I mean, knows that arguing, fussing, fighting, speaking harsh words, you're not yielding to the Spirit of God. Well, if you fight and quarrel all week and then you want to come to church and say, Lord, use me. (laughs) You know, we're going to have to have a little bit of, uh, you know, sit down with the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, I was wrong. Thank God he's so forgiven and he's ready to pardon. You know, Micah said, uh, Lord, who is a God like you? And then, and then he describes what he was talking about, uh, why, you know, uh, why he's a God like this, Micah 7, 18. He said, uh, who is a God like you or compares to you? Uh, and then he says, uh, he says uh, who pardons iniquity and casts our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. <laughs> because you delight in mercy. What... You, you, uh, one, I like one translation. One modern translation says, "You, your specialty is mercy. <laughs> God has a bent toward showing mercy. The Lord, uh, the psalmist said, the Lord is full of, com- he's gracious and full of compassion. And the Lord is so merciful. But we have to acknowledge that was unchristlike. <laughs> And I yielded to my flesh. And uh, that doesn't uh, establish the will of God when I yield to my flesh. Uh, next time, I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, uh, I'm more conscious of you. Uh, how many knows if you've, you've been letting the Spirit use your tongue, then it's harder for you to use your tongue to curse stuff and to run down other people. <laughs> You know, one of the first things that happened, the Bible says when they were all filled with the Spirit, they begin to do what? Speak. Right? And so, uh, you know, the Bible says our tongue is the most unruly member. <laughs> Y'all feel like jumping the pews running aisles now, right? <laughs> The most unruly member of our body is our tongue. And the Bible says if our tongue can be brought under control, then our whole body can be brought under control. You know, the Bible says, uh, you know, in that same context, it says, be quick to hear. Say quick to hear. Slow to speak. And slow to wrath. In other words... Don't get mad easy and don't talk quick, but be quick to hear. Most people practice that verse in reverse. <laughs> They're slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to get angry. Well, that's, you know, characteristic of uh, them not being under the mighty hand of God. But we can be. <laughs> Can you say amen? 
You can have a personal invasion of the Holy Spirit's help, presence, and consciousness in your life so that you speak Spirit-led words, Spirit-inspired. The Bible says, uh, listen at this. Put, put uh, Ephesians. Can I have two more minutes? <laughs> Ephesians. Uh, put Ephesians uh, 4.29 up. We're talking about increasing the anointing in our life. We're talking about getting to know the Holy Spirit personally. We're talking about coming into a communion and fellowship with Him so that we're conscious, aware, consciously aware of His person all through the day and all through the night. Amen? Uh, let no corrupt communication. How much is no? None. Don't let any corrupt... How many knows corrupt means... Doesn't minister life, it ministers death. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Would you have to write to Christians and tell them not to uh not <laughs> Am I in the right church this morning? <laughs> is this this is one of my favorite Bible verses? <laughs> Let no corrupt Communication proceed out of your mouth. You know, we're, we're to be sanctified. Sanctified means to be set apart. Uh, and we're set apart from sin unto the Lord. We're set apart from corrupt communication to edification. Speaking life. Amen. And... Uh, and so, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, you know, uh, let no corrupt communication but thanksgiving and praise and worship. Your, your tongue is under the Lordship of Jesus. And Jesus is only Lord over our life to the extent that the Holy Spirit is Lord in our life. Can you say amen? Say that with me. Jesus only Lord over my life. Let's start over again. <laughs> Say it with me. Jesus is only Lord over my life to the extent the Holy Spirit is Lord in my life. So I give Him that Lordship. I humble myself under His mighty hand. I defer to Him. I yield to Him. So, look at this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. So, if we're led of the Holy Spirit in what we say, when people leave our presence, they're not going to be diminished are hurt, or injured, are torn down, right? But they're going to be better for being around us. I, you know, I'm not asking for any personal testimonies. Uh, you know, was everybody that you talked to this week the better for having heard you speak to them? 
Well, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may do what? Minister grace unto the hearer. How many has had grace ministered unto you? Well, then we're to, you know, freely we receive, freely we give. Who? Uh, so he's talking about this, but what's the next verse? And, well, I mean, those ands are conjunction. So that means this goes together. <laughs> so this goes together. Say <laughs> so we're in verse 29. And verse 30 go together. And do what? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. So if I don't speak kindly, and I'm not tenderheartedly, and I'm harsh or insensitive, or say hurtful or injurious things, then what am I doing? Thank you, brave soul. <laughs> Grieve means to sadden or to make sorrowful. So I grieve or sadden or make sorrowful the Holy Spirit. Well, that affects my relationship working with Him. Right? I mean, if I, if I sadden you, it's going to sadden him. And hopefully this message didn't sadden. <laughs> hopefully this message didn't sadden you this morning. Grieve not the Holy Spirit because if those things, you know, letting corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth and not ministering grace to the hearer is going to, uh, is going to sadden uh, you can't grieve or sadden a door or electricity or a waterfall or a gravitational force. He is not a force that's impersonal. Because if you think of God in or the Holy Spirit in impersonal terms, then you will have the attitude and I will have the attitude of getting more of something to help me. I'm not to think of the Holy Spirit. Let me get more of the Spirit so I can use Him. It's not a matter of me using Him. It's a matter of Him using me. I humble myself under I mean, he's deity. He knows everything. He's all-powerful. So I'm not thinking of him impersonally as just something I get a hold on and I use like a tool, like a hammer or a chisel in a toolbox. I'm going to use the power of God or I'm going to use get more of God's power. This thing is a relational thing not a mechanical thing and if we're gonna have the holy spirit flowing it, we have to relate to him sensitively as a person and get to know him as a person not an it or not a cosmic 
force or emanation or influence. We have to... He is... The Father is a person. The Son is a person. And the Holy Spirit is a person. And He may not have physical arms and legs, but He has all the attributes that constitute a person. He has emotions. He can be grieved. He can be rejected. He can be ignored. He can be done despite unto. He can be blasphemed. The Bible says that He instructs us. He teaches us. He reveals to us. He searches the deep things of God. And so, what we're ignorant of, and I am closing, what we're ignorant of, we don't possess or we can't use. If you're ignorant, Paul said, concerning spiritual things, I don't want you to be ignorant. If you're ignorant of things, you you don't know you got them, and you can't use them. Right? And if we learn in a highly skilled way to work with Him and to humble ourselves and defer to Him and respect Him and honor Him and learn what He likes... You can learn what the Holy Spirit likes. And if we learn what He likes and what kind of attitude to have in relating to Him, we can have a heap more of His interaction, leading, guiding, gifts in operation, His works. But... It's, a, it's error to try to begin to, to, to understand the Holy Spirit's works without understanding this personal interaction. Amen? I know just studying this, the, the last little bit that I have, Holy Spirit has got increasingly more real to me. Amen? And that's the whole thing. He wants to be a friend. Uh... I actually wrote my notes. He's a super friend. He don't have any human hang-ups. <laughs> and He wants to help you and me and be so close to us that, uh, that we're continually uh, gaining the, the direction and the benefit of His wisdom and His power his counsel, his help, his comfort, his strength in our life. And, uh, you know, just in a parting thought again about his personality in John 14, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another. And that word another means not another of a different kind, but another of the same kind. Well, I mean, it would be, you know, Wrong thinking to think that Jesus as a person was leaving, but an impersonal force was going to take his place. No, Jesus as a person was leaving, and another person, just as much a person. The Holy Spirit was, is to be to us today in Jesus' personal bodily absence what Jesus was in His bodily presence with the disciples when He was here on the earth. 
Jesus himself said, I'm going to give I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another helper, one to take my place, and he will be with you at your side and be in you. Jesus even said a little bit later, same discourse, he said, uh, you know, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, uh, he'll guide you on to all truth. And in another place, he said, you know, uh, you know, that it's advantageous, it's expedient that I go away. If I go not away, he won't come. Jesus said it was better than him being here with us personally that the Holy Spirit be here. Of course, you know, that is that Jesus was limited to one place in one body, but the Holy Spirit can be in you, in me. Jesus needed to sleep, right, as a son of man. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit never sleeps. You can wake up in the middle of the night and He's ready to talk with you. And, uh, you know, if Jesus was talking to Peter, uh, He couldn't talk to James and John. Right? Well, the Holy Spirit can be talking to you and talking to me too. I said, well, how He does that? Well, He's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> He's God. Can you say amen? But I just want us as a church not to be ignorant of the Holy Spirit and for us to learn the ways of the Spirit and to develop a motivational hunger to know Him. Right? If you don't want to get to know Him, He's not going to force you to get to know Him. He'll let you do it on your own. But I'll tell you, you can do it a whole lot better with His help than you can, uh, you know, without His help. As for me, I want more and more of the Holy Spirit's help. I think I can preach better sermons, pray better, live better. Can you say amen? Do everything better. And so, uh, let's learn to get sensitive to and to humble ourselves under His mighty hand. Now, how many knows that the understood subject of that sentence when He says, humble yourself under the mighty hand, is you humble yourself? So every one of us determine what kind of relational attitude we're going to have about respect and honor of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? He is the residential representative of deity here on the earth now. Praise God. <clears throat> Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you sent the blessed Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to instruct us, and to work in us both to will and do of your good pleasure. I relent from personal independence and doing everything my own way. And I submit to humble myself under His mighty hand. Teach me how to cooperate with, to be conscious of, to yield to the blessed Holy Spirit. Lord, lead me and guide me into your best and to your highest. And Lord, I'll receive instruction as well as correction. 
And I thank You, Lord, for doing a great thing and a good thing in me for Your glory. Make me a blessing to You and to others as the Spirit of God gains the ascendancy in my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God. You know, uh, try this week to, uh, if you're, uh, you know, uh, whatever, just ask the Holy Spirit, do you like this? <laughs> right? Do you like my attitude right now? Do you like the music I'm listening to right now? <laughs> Is this Holy Spirit approved? <laughs> Am I driving in a manner that brings glory to you? Am I, am I uh, doing good in the checkout line here? How's my attitude grocery shopping? Are you still here? And the more we get in sync with Him, the more we'll start hearing him say, do this, do that. This is the way to do that. This will help you in this area. And boy, we'll find ourselves getting freer. Freer. Amen. Having more prosperity. Having more uh, strength. Having more anointing. Having more wisdom. And uh, he, can, he can help us um, immeasurably uh, beyond all of our expectations. Stand up with us. <coughs> I went a tad long again. If you'd listened better, I could have said it quicker. <laughs> I'm teasing. <clears throat> How many knows that going to church for two hours is not going to end your world? You, you know, there's 168 hours in a week. Right? And, uh, you know... Uh, what is one of one sixty eighth? About point five six percent. So two two hours of church is one point two percent of your week. I'm gonna say that again. Two hours of church is one point two percent of your week. That's not bad. <clears throat> Right? So we're not trying to see... I, I'm not trying to make it long, and I do need to preach shorter. But, you know, we need to... If we're going to grow, we need to be serious about it. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, when you first start exercising, you know, 10, 15 minutes is great. But at some point, if you keep exercising, you know, to build up more stamina or to, you know, develop more, you need to, you know, to do whatever it takes to, you know, uh, you know, push you a little bit. And I'm not trying to push you. I'm not trying to make it long. I'm just trying for us to go somewhere uh, that God's leading us and uh, have his best in our life. Amen. Father, we thank you as we go our way this week that, uh, that we are.
improved uh, in our relationship with you and that we're increasingly sensitive to you. Help us, Lord, to have uh, just a, a, a whole lifestyle that pleases you and has your wisdom. Thank you for safety. Thank you for protection. Thank you for prosperity. We give you the glory and honor and praise. And Father, I pray for every one of us this week that we would know that sweet, close communion of the Holy Spirit in all we do. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, God bless you. You're dismissed.